Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. What is up, guys? Welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. It's been a couple of weeks since I've uh, done the podcast thing. I uh, took a little bit of a hiatus, had to focus on some things in the business. And for those that haven't been following recently, um, I, I now have a, a new podcast slash, I guess we'll call it a TV show, uh, Titanium Tuesdays on Propelio TV. And so just kind of wanted to direct my attention to that for a while, make sure we, we got that tightened up and we're, we're putting out some good content, but excited to be back on the Titanium Vault, and I felt like there was no better way to get back in the swing of things than to bring on my good buddy, the most listened to guest ever on the Titanium Vault, uh, Todd Fleming. What's going on, man? You're going to make me blush. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All kinds so, of new stuff going on. New book, new properties, yeah. new everything yeah so for those of y'all that don't know and i i'm i'm almost positive that almost every listener of the titanium vault has listened to todd's original interview on here which was focused around his first book if you can't wholesale after this i've got nothing for you um he just recently on january 1st um released his second book in the series if you can't cash flow after this i've got nothing for you and that's really what we want to focus on today is kind of the the thought process behind how he's coming up with these books and the topics and why he felt those were important. So with that being said, Todd, I want to throw it to you and, and kind of explain your, your pattern there with the books and how you came up with the ideas. Yeah, absolutely. First thing I got to do is thank everybody in the titanium vault because with the book getting to number one, which was an incredible feeling, the second book launching at number one, which is truly humbling. I know a big piece of that is from, the strong communities that guys like you build. So it's been incredible to see the feedback that everybody in the vault has given and the love and the support that's been shown. So I just want to thank everybody for that to start off with. But uh, the the thinking behind the books and the, the reason that they are, one, written in the way that they are, the first half of the book is always uh, some sort of mental foundation and moving you forward mentally, building you up to a point where you actually can do the type of deal that we're talking about in the later steps of the book. And then the second half being literally a step-by-step -step guide, like go do this. Once you're done with this, go do this. This is what to expect. So don't be afraid when this happens. So that way, when you're reading the book, whichever book you happen to be reading, by the time, if you were taking the action alongside the steps in the book, by the time you finish the book, you have actually completed a deal and you've probably changed your life one way or another because it goes from belief to real. And when your mind switches from belief to real, it's a big deal. It's a big momentum builder. And we talk about that in the book, obviously. But the reason right. that I wrote the books in the order of right now, it's, you know, the first book is if you can't wholesale after this, I've got nothing for you. The second book is if you can't cash flow after this. The, the first book being more of the introduction the person who's never done a deal, the person who might be interested in real estate, the person who doesn't know if they're interested in real estate, the person who's never even heard of real estate, the person who has no money, no credit, no experience, 
uh, no mental resources. It is the foundation builder. That way it can get you moving. And then moving to the second book, if you can't cash flow after this, the importance of that is that at some point you will realize that no matter how much you are making each month, if you are trading your time for that money, you can only scale so much. You can only make so much. You only have so much time in a day. So you have to learn the importance of repeat income, passive income, and month-to-month -month cash flow that you can count on. That way you can make super, super clear and concise decisions. So one of the questions I get all the time from people that want to get into this or just getting into real estate investing is, is what strategy do you recommend I start with? Because you wrote these books in this order, do you recommend people start with wholesaling? Or in certain situations, do you think it's acceptable to jump straight into creating passive income with rentals and owner financing and things like that? I do believe that there are times in which it makes sense for people to move directly into holding assets or creating some sort of repeat income. And those people I, I'm typically looking at and speaking with that already have a success, successful businesses and have the capital, the resources, and the time to put into actually understanding and learning and networking and possibly partnering with people who are already doing it. That way they're actually moving out of their traditional business because they're starting to create a, a retirement plan, if you want to call it that, B, um, long-term wealth building, C, generational wealth building. So these people typically have the ability to do that because they already have something that is sustained and successful enough that their paycheck is already good. Uh, when people come to me and they want to get super, super financially free and the first thing they want to do is buy a rental, it's, I, I don't not recommend it because it will change your life. Like if you go buy a rental, it'll change your life one way right. or another. Uh, you're going to learn from it. Not everything's going to go good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I share a lot of that <laughs> in the book. There's going to be a lot of mishaps, but you're going to learn a lot from it. And in the end, that's going to be super, super valuable to you. The education and it's going to be more valuable than like the first couple hundred dollars a month that you make. The reason right. that I typically recommend that people start with wholesaling is because when they first start, they have no network. They have no knowledge. They have uh, an inability to speak with people correctly. Uh, they're nervous and they don't actually know what they want. They might not even want to be involved in real estate, right? And right. a big piece of real estate is getting to know the people around you, becoming a pillar in the community, becoming somebody who is trusted, becoming somebody who has credibility and has the ability to perform. That's such a big piece for what your business will be growing into that when you start with wholesaling, it's minimal risk and you get to network with everybody and you get to create value in other people's businesses, which in turn creates a big, uh, a large amount of credibility within you and it builds a reputation of you as a performer and people want to help you. When people want to help you, you have the ability to start buying properties at better discounts, which in turn will uh, become, you know, more profitable monthly. Right on a cash flow basis in the future. Yeah, we so probably mid-summer last year I had a guest on Michael Zuber um and and he has a, a YouTube channel that he's creating. He's actually about to release his first book and his whole thing is one rental at a time. And over the course of 15 years, he created enough passive income to where he was able to retire from his job. 
Um, but what he did was is he maintained his corporate job for 15 years, and every morning he woke up, and from 6 to 8 a.m., he searched for properties. And he literally did it one rental at a time. And now he's been able to retire. Now, that's one way of doing things. And I admire him for what he's been able to do. That being said, for me, I look at wholesaling as opening up those opportunities. You brought up like partnering with other people. When you wholesale, you find the people in your market or doing the strategies that you're looking for and you're able to bring value to them by wholesaling them properties. And in return, you find people that are like-minded people that you enjoy doing business with. And that can essentially escalate your business to doing bigger and better things, whether it be fix and flips or buying holds or even moving into like multifamily and commercial spaces. And so to me, I always recommend start with wholesaling because like you said, minimal risk, but also wholesaling can essentially be your business's cash flow to find rental properties, owner finance, whatever it is, the assets that you're going to create cash flow and passive income. It's, it's almost weird because it's like wholesaling is your cash flow for your rental business. That's how I view it with titanium. And so do you kind of have a, a similar thought pattern there? Because I know you, you've wholesaled plenty. Do you kind of view that as your cash flow for your business? And then your rentals are like your cash flow, your passive income for the end game? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Because up front in the beginning, most people don't have a lot of money or credit mm -hmm. or mental aptitude to understanding where they actually need to go. So what wholesaling does on an even deeper level, and this is this is something that not many people look at in the correct way, in my personal opinion, is if you don't even look at it from a business side, if you look at it from just a personal side and your growth, you are actually getting paid to be mentored. <laughs> like, That's an look, awesome look, way of saying that. Th think of that. You are being paid to be mentored. If you locate a property at a discount and you are able to turn that contract over to somebody that is reliable and experienced, you are going to learn so much from that person that you are going to be able to plug in not only to their business, but you're going to be able to plug in rental properties in your future business at a much one higher rate and two at a much more successful rate right off the bat because you're going to remember, oh, so-and-so did this. I should probably do that because he said this is he or she said this is why this becomes successful or why this is important. Yep. You would have never had that before. You're going to avoid so much growing pains. And so they are teaching you the most important pieces of rental properties and they're paying you to learn. Yep. Like there is no better combination of that. And one more thing on that, be open to the advice that they're giving you. So often I have a newer wholesaler send me a property and I take the time to either write a text message, a Facebook message, a, an email response, or even a phone call. And I say, this is why this property does not work for me. And I break things down either where it's the ARVs off, the rehab's not, there's not enough spread, it doesn't cash flow. Do not be one of those wholesalers that responds with, well, there's other investors out there that will buy this deal, or I know people that think this is a good deal. Be open to listening to the advice of others. Be humble enough 
to take that and and better yourself and try to better your business because I think that's one of the I've seen so many people that have elevated themselves because they've essentially latched on to someone more experienced and in turn they have like you said essentially been paid to be mentored by that person so that's an amazing point moving away from wholesaling and, and onto the the book and the cash flow side of things one of the things that you wrote in the book that I literally felt like you were speaking directly to me, um, you talked about every time you do something in your business, it, say I'm going to buy a rental property. I need to pretend and ask myself, if I were to do this times 50, if I were to have 50 of these, how would I set that up? That yes. that to me was just so amazing, and I, I felt like you were talking directly to me because sometimes I'm so go, go, go in my business. I don't stop to think about, hey, how is this going to look in five years from now? Or using your analogy of if I had 50 rental properties, what would I need to have set up? That's coming from a very wise spot where you're coming, you're you're speaking wisdom there because you're essentially saying think about where you want to be in the end of this. And is that from experience? Is that just, was that you putting your author hat on? I mean, how did, how did you come up with that? That is from experience and being taught by people much wiser and much more skilled than I. And yeah. in the most humblest way. Is <laughs> the, <laughs> the number one lesson in all of this is you need to be radically open-minded and radically transparent. And when you have that mindset and when you think of everything that I do has to be able to be scalable or it's actually useless to me. Yep. So when I ask myself, if I had 50 more of these, whatever's happening, it doesn't matter what it is. If you ask yourself the question, if I had 50 more of these, what would my life look like? And if the answer is anything but amazing, anything but like way, way better than what it is right now, you know you have a problem. And you know you have something that you actually need to solve. Having 10 rental properties can be extremely deceiving as this great thing, or it can be the absolute devil and bane of your existence because yep. you don't have any systems in place and you spend half of your month collecting rent checks because you're making the mistake of going and collecting them yourself. So you got to run down late people and because you don't have anything set up. So if, if you buy your first rental property and there's a problem, or even if you're collecting rent, even if you go collect rent, you have to be able to ask yourself during every action throughout the day, if I had 50 more of these, what would my life look like? And if, if it's anything but good, you actually have a problem because if you scale a problem by 50, your life is not in good shape. You're not in good condition. Well, what ends up happening is is that you end up neglecting certain parts of your business. I mean, if you look at it and you're like using that analogy of you're, you're driving around and you're collecting 50 rent checks, I mean, it's just not going to happen. I mean, that's a, that's a fact. I mean, nobody has enough time to drive around and, and collect that many without neglecting either growing your business, finding future properties, um, you know, just all the things that you have to do besides doing that. And so it, it was a, a beautiful point because there's so often when you do one-off scenarios, it is very easy. Like if you have one rental property, it's very easy to go collect that one check. Um, and, and the new thing that I've started saying to everybody is, is wherever you are in your business today, 
everything that you do, you need to build for where you want your business to be in five years from now. Um, because where I'm at essentially is, is we're at like the six year mark um, of our business. And I'm like, I wish day one, I had started building things, systems, processes, people for where I am today, not where I was back then. And that's that, that was one of the moments that really just stood out to me the most in the book. I, I I had the blessing and the the extreme honor to read the book before it was released, and and Todd sent it to me, and and as I was reading it, I was just I, I was just blown away because there were so many things in there that you wrote that where I'm at in in my career and in my business of tr- trying to create passive income um, were just so pertinent and and just profound to me, and so. If you haven't checked it out, um, it was it came out as the the number one book in investing uh, the day it released. Correct? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it released at number one, which was awesome, and it was on the overall bestseller list. It was eleven hundred out of over eight million books on Amazon, which is bananas. <laughs> that's just bananas. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So now, when I call Todd, I I ask if I can speak to the internationally uh, best selling author. Mr. Todd M. Fleming, um, which, by the way, if you search for it, make sure you put that M in there, uh, <laughs> or you might find something else that you're not necessarily looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure to send the direct link of the book to people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more about the book and and what people can expect if they pick that up from Amazon. Yeah, and and just to finish off your point uh, from a moment ago, when you're thinking when you're thinking long term, and we talk about this a lot in the book of shifting your perspective from short-term to long-term. I even give little quizzes and tests that you can ask yourself every day, and it'll allow you to realize whether you are uh, thinking short-term or long-term, and it'll give you little cues and triggers. Because if you aren't thinking long-term, you're going to become a promoter and a manager. And if you become a promoter and a manager, you never become an operator. And the only way you can scale is by becoming an operator. So if you are managing your managing your uh, your business, you can't create, right? You don't. You no longer have time to create. And what you need to be doing in your business, if you own a business, if you own a, uh, rental properties, if you own a real estate business, I don't care what business you own. Um, if you're trying to scale, you have to be the creator, or you have to hire someone to be the creator, right? So you have to look at someone who's going to be a manager for you. So that is just to finish off your last point of thinking long-term and understanding like, hey, I'm in year six or seven, and right. I wish I would have thought about this year one because right now you might be doing some managing versus creating, and now you're trying to put those pieces in place. That way you can continue to create because you hit a certain threshold where, or a ceiling in which you realize that you don't have the right pieces in place. And that, Absolutely. And that that's probably going to happen naturally. I think everybody runs into that. I've certainly run into that. That's how you realize that you have to do things differently. And... Uh, just be aware for anybody listening to this, be aware of that. And at the same time, if you do run into that, just realize that for you to complete the goals that you set for yourself, you just have to be the person that achieves those goals. You can literally make it that simple. If you aren't where you want to be today, you've just done the wrong things. So it's simple. Just do different things. Right. <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, creating wealth is by doing certain things a certain way. What's funny you bring that up. Let's use this for an example. Say, you know, we have people that are listening today that might be super successful as a wholesaler, 
and and using the transition of your books. See, now they, they look at this and they're like, hey, I've got a, a well-oiled machine over here wholesaling, but I, I don't have any cash flow. I don't have any passive income, and and I need to transition and, and add that um, aspect to my business. What are some of your tips, without giving too much from the book, but what are some of your tips to transitioning from just wholesaling to now creating cash flow in your life? The, the big piece is the catalyst, the catalyst for change. Big sexy checks are big sexy checks, right? Everybody loves a big sexy check. If you show me a check for 80 grand and a check for 800, like which one do you want? You want the 80 grander, but in reality, when you shift your perspective for long-term, if that $800 happens to be every month for you know a few decades, I would rather have that, but it's right. not as sexy up front. So it's really, there's obviously a process to this in which there are mechanics and business systems to understand, but none of these processes matter without the correct mental foundation. So my big advice is if you are switching from, whether you have another business or whether you're wholesaling, whatever you're trading your time for right now, if you're trying to to transition to cash flow, one, you're gonna have to adopt discomfort before comfort because you're gonna have to make changes. And the biggest piece is that it's gonna be the mental changes because Mm -hmm. you have to start literally thinking differently. You have to understand and have the mental willpower to turn away a single lump sum check for a much smaller, much smaller monthly check. And what you'll realize is that the first one is the most difficult. The second one becomes a little bit easier. And then you'll start seeing them come in every month. And that might be, say that's just $500, $500 a month. And you've turned away 25 grand. It's going to be really uncomfortable. It's going to be difficult. But what you're going to realize is month three, four, five, you're going to start counting on that five, six, seven hundred dollars, and then you're going to realize that you've done it two more times, and now it's fifteen hundred, and then it gets exciting. How many times can I do this? Right. What if I, what if I had fifty more of these? Now it's really exciting. Now right. my life is way better. Now I'm going to go after those. You know, then you get up in the twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month range and repeat income, and that's when things get really exciting. So I I like to kind of talk about taboo topics every now and then because they they occur they happen <laughs> you know and and I don't think enough people actually like to talk about it um, so what are your thoughts to an investor who has been wholesaling properties and they're used to let's just say they have an average wholesale fee of ten thousand dollars okay. And they start locking up rental properties, and instead of wholesaling them to other people, they wholesale them to themselves and are still taking the $10,000 fee, but are then also creating cash flow on the back end. But not necessarily as much cash flow as they could if they weren't taking that wholesale fee off the top. What are your thoughts about people that kind of come up, push the boundaries, and do something that might not be what is taught in the books, but get a little bit creative on the back end. Yeah, it's so it, 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 in my opinion, it comes down to what is the reasoning for say the five or 10 grand up front. Well, it, it's exactly or- what you're talking about. It's the mental foundation, you know, yeah. for a lot of people, they can't get away from the fact that, Hey, I just locked this down and my average cost per deal is $3,000. 
I, I have to make my wholesale fee. They can't wrap their head around getting away from what they've built their whole business on. So right. how yeah, do you, no, how do you break that? They, they get, that's, that, that is referring back to you have to adopt discomfort before you have comfort. So there's multiple levels of consequences to things and, and cause and effect. So if you are somebody that is struggling to overcome what you're talking about here, and that that one single lump sum at some point a five or ten thousand dollar check is no longer going to change your business or your life uh, in right. the very beginning you should take the five or ten thousand dollar check probably because you probably don't have any money um and that's going to be a good way to eat <laughs> right. or provide marketing for the next deal and, and your learning and your education and investing in yourself which is always going to be the best investment you can make and but it's at some point you are going to become in your idea of fulfilling that comfort up front with that check, you're actually going to be limiting yourself in the long run uh, because you're going to constantly be feeling like you need that to fulfill you when in reality it's not fulfilling you. It's just a habit. So you just have to create a new habit. You have to replace well, the, it. The other part about it is, is you're not actually giving a fair opportunity to the new strategy exactly. because you're actually hindering it because you're taking money up front. You're, you're actually hurting yourself. I see people do this with flips. I see people do this with rentals. And what it ends up doing is, is it can almost cripple a business because you're not actually giving the flip a fair opportunity. You're not giving the, the rental a fair opportunity. You locked it up at a better at better numbers, and then you hurt yourself by taking money up front. And so I just kind of wanted to bring that up because so often people don't actually talk about it, and I know it frequently happens. I'm sure there's people listening right now that are like, yeah, I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're actually robbing yourself. Imagine yeah, you are. Your, yeah, imagine owning a grocery store, right, or any sort of retail store. I'm actually – one of the best books I've ever read is Sam Walton's Made in America. Yep. And he actually talks about – his wife actually talks about how – uh, she, in the beginning, she would just walk in and grab clothes and walk out, and it created a problem, right? Because they're actually robbing from themselves, and they made a big time effort to like never actually take from Walmart. Um, they did a lot of a lot of giving. People have their opinions of Walmart today. Obviously, it's changed a lot. But when Walmart first started, you'd be amazed on you know what what it actually created. I highly recommend that book. Yeah. But um, imagine owning a grocery store, and you have to turn over seven cans of peas, right? Or the entire row of peas for, to break even. If you walk in because you're hungry and grab a can of peas, you're robbing from yourself. Mm -hmm. So in the long run, you will actually bankrupt your business. Absolutely. And, and that's why I wanted to bring that up because I'm sure there's people out there that are doing this and are struggling to get away from it. And part of the reason why you're probably struggling to get away from it is because you're doing it. So... Yeah. You just got to stop it. And, um, and and you'll be able to – here's the here's the bad part about that is this is similar to – so my background was originally before real estate was trading stocks. If you made money on a bad trade, that was worse than losing money on a bad trade because you reinforced a bad practice. Right. Right now, if you are doing that and you're surviving, it's just because you haven't had a problem large enough with one of the rental properties to bankrupt you. Right. Which that problem is rapidly coming. <laughs> like it, it is coming in it's coming up in your rearview mirror like problems happen right. so when people look at their spreadsheets and they go i'm gonna make this because it has this many units and this is what it rents for it just doesn't work out like that those are the 
the spreadsheet warriors of the world. <laughs> so, not, you know, you have your books. You're also a part of the kingdom. Um, and y'all preach finding freedom and, and what freedom means. And so talk real quick about, you know, for someone who, you know, like you said, has a successful business, either wholesale or another business, and they're now wanting to create cash flow. How do you recommend setting goals for yourself and, and what that actually means? Like, I, I don't think often enough people, you know, actually sit down and, and think about what do I actually need to achieve by buying rentals or owner finances or, or whatever the asset is that creates that cash flow and that passive income for you. What do you recommend for that? Creating targets in their actual identity. I think too many people, so I don't, so a lot of people know my criteria for what like what I'm looking to purchase, but I don't put out, I try not to put out uh, the education in a way like this is what you should follow. Like I give you the facts of like what can be more profitable and where issues lie. But I think too many people will latch on to someone else's criteria or investor identity and they'll try to make it their own. When in reality, they need to look at their own lives and they need to go, okay, they, they might be somebody that they're like, look, I need a million dollars a month in repeat income to be fulfilled and live the crazy life that I want to live. Awesome. That's fantastic. <laughs> you probably shouldn't follow the guy that's his goal is $5,000 a month because he wants 99% of his day to be free to, to live with his friends and family, right? And not worry right. about anything. Um, those two people look very, very different. So I think looking within themselves intrinsically and then finding a community to be a part of that's always pushing them forward and raising the bar for them, but allows them the space and the freedom to to do what works for them versus just following ABC criteria. Yeah, I mean, I, I talked about Michael Zuber earlier. His goal was he had a he had a, a well-paying job. He needed to replace that salary with passive income. That's all he needed. And then as soon as he got that, he quote unquote retired because he's now making the exact same amount of money he was making from his rental properties. Now, moving forward, he's going to continue to add more rental properties and grow that over the course of time. But that that's what his goal was. And I think everybody needs to sit down and as you get into this, really set some kind of a, obtainable goal and vision for what you're trying to create. Because so often I see people that go from buying one rental to two rentals to, hey, I want to get into multifamily and I want to get into commercial and this and that. And it, it becomes convoluted where you're, you don't have a vision for what you're trying to create. Or the other thing that I think is a problem is where you buy a rental and then you own or finance the next property and then the next one's going to be an Airbnb and yep. then you're trying to go to multiple markets. It's like have a focused vision on what you're trying to create as far as cash flow and passive income is related to. Yeah, lack of clarity is the number one killer. Yep. And and again, this all goes back to what your needs are and what your vision is. And if you have 50 of them, what does your life look like? You know, I, I mean, that that's why it, it spoke so strongly to me because for for so long, we just – we would do whatever was necessary and yeah. whatever's necessary is not necessarily getting you towards your, your goal, your vision, what makes you comfortable. 
And and so for for me, you know, the first time you were on the the Titanium Vault, we talked about how you were actually creating notes for your wholesale fees. Yeah, that's yeah. how I tra- that's how I transitioned. That's how I transitioned my mind. And how really how I transitioned my wife's mind <laughs> because she was she was she was so traditional when we first got together she was just terrified like literally you would speak about owning a property other than a house that you live in or creating a business and she would shake with anxiety like it was that right. bad so I know if she can change anybody can change <laughs> <laughs> so now where you are as far as your business is are you already at the point where you've achieved your goals? Are you creating bigger goals as far as real estate goes? Yeah, we're creating larger targets at this point. So our goal this year is to take down 50 50 single family houses. I do uh, primarily single family homes right now. And that goes Mm -hmm. back to the clarity of what you were talking about. That's how our systems are set up. Um, I understand, I have friends with very large apartment complexes. I understand uh, the work that has to go into them. I understand the team that has to go into them um, and the mindset. And with where we're at and our team right now and our business, uh, which we have multiple people that are full time and, you know, we're creating a lot of opportunities for a lot of families, which is awesome. Uh, we have full time renovation guys. So we're always buying new projects, which is really cool to provide. Um, but with where our minds are at right now, we understand the single family game really, really well and what criteria fits us really, really well. And we have the ability to purchase a property, turn it around, stabilize it and have it, you know, become a really uh, high high cash flowing asset for us very, very quickly at this point. Um, so when I ask myself, if I had 50 more of those, what would my life look like? <laughs> really, really good. So that's uh, that continues to be our focus right now. So our goal this year is to take down 50 more uh, single family houses. And then I just think about uh, the future. Is the future, uh, does it hold commercial and apartment buildings? I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure of it. Uh, but right now, uh, we're focused on that. And I also know some guys that have, you know, a couple hundred units in apartment buildings that are break even. And if they had 50 more of those, what would their lives look like? Not very good. So uh, it's more of like what you mentioned, having clarity and what's working for you right now and where you want to go. And I'm interested to see where the market's headed. Yep. And I'm interested to see where the guys that are really, really heavily leveraged, um, what that looks like. Uh, because the guys that I'm very, very close with, including my mentor, who owns hundreds of units, um, the only reason they were able to get through the last recession was because they didn't have a bunch of debt, uh, and they had to, you know, really restructure a lot of things. So I'm interested to see where that stuff goes, and and continuing to buy a lot of equity and continue building our asset list along with on our the, other businesses. On the 50 properties that you want to take down this year, are those going to be held as rentals do you i don't know if lease options are a thing in ohio or not but lease options owner finance do you do any of that or is it just rentals uh we do straight rentals so we look for properties and problems to solve we actually have a really unique niche which i'll tell you about here in a second um but we uh, another thing is that is unique to us is we don't hold a lot of debt um we have we own probably 80% of our property is free and clear. Um, We use a lot of our own capital because we believe in what we're doing, which by the way, if you want to be able to raise private funds, go ahead and let somebody know how much of your own money you have in your deals and see how much (laughs) easier and see how much easier it is to share the wealth. Right. Because they understand that you believe in what you're doing and that you have the experience and the know-how and the systems and the people in place to do it. 
Um, so we have been raising more money recently, uh, obviously since we're looking to scale quite a bit and be, because we're, we've been really focused on building that foundation. So one thing we're actually looking to do right now, and we are just putting in place, I just took down uh, our second squatter house. So most people would run away from squatters. I actually have a sto story about a squatter in my this, the second book, the cash flow book. And once you realize that that is just another problem that you can solve, I just purchased a house. Uh, my son bought it. My son is two years old. Nice. And he bought it for $1. So my son bought a house for $1 because the family had a house that they had purchased like 15 years ago. And they moved out of it because they moved into a nicer house, got married. And they were selling this, this property that I just purchased. And about a year ago, squatters moved in. They couldn't get them out. And they didn't understand the process. So actually a day before closing, uh, we found out that there was a $30,000 mortgage on the house. And this seller actually came to closing with a $33,000 check, paid the house off, and thanked us. Wow. For us to take the house. That is Problem Solving 101. That is the ultimate example of when the problem is large enough, the numbers go away. So if you are looking for problems to solve and you have the ability to solve those, um, you can take down deals like this. So we bought a house for $1, <laughs> which is wow. cool. I uh, just had the eviction hearing this past week, and they'll be out next week, and we will have a house for a buck. The house is probably worth anywhere from forty-five dollars to $60,000 when it's done up. We might have to put twenty or twenty-five grand in it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it, at that point, we are $0.50 cents on the dollar, and we have a house that will rent for anywhere from 800 to to 1000 bucks a month. That's amazing. So how many times can you, if I had 50 more of that, because I have the team that I have in place, what would my life look like? It looks just fine. So <laughs> so let, let's talk about that real quick. How did you negotiate the deal and what was your involvement during those negotiations? So this is, you're going to, you're going to love this. This is a prime example of building your business out. I never met the seller. I never had to raise funds. Well, it was a dollar, so I guess I never had to raise funds. <laughs> My son never had to raise funds. He already had a dollar. Um, I didn't have to go to the title company to close the deal. I signed a DocuSign, and all the negotiating was done by my network. So the deal came to me because my friend and mentor um, was contacted by a wholesaler who had put the house under contract, was asking uh, my friend if he wanted to buy it. He didn't want to buy it. Wholesaler said there's squatters in it, and that's when my friend let him know, hey, I have somebody that can definitely handle that. He's done it, done it before. And so they actually talked back and forth. I just told my friend, if it's, if it's in the condition that we're saying and it has a good roof, the foundation looks good, the outside of the house looks fine, uh, but there's, the people are inside of it, the best thing for, for him to do, for that family to do, is to give me the house because I'll clean up the area. And we know there's, there's going to have to be an investment on the back end. So I'm not going to pay four, five, ten grand for the house. If you want to give it to me, I'll take the problem and I'll solve it. And that's what they did. They accepted it. So I never met the seller. I never talked to anybody. My my level of negotiation was telling them that I would accept the problem if they were willing to give it to me. That's amazing. And and honestly, what you just told me was is not only did you not pay for the house, but you were also not paying for the labor that did all the negotiations for you. Those are yep. just people inside your network, not even employees. Bingo. And you want to know why is because I built a reputation of being able, being able to perform in that situation because I had already done it, which I told people that I had done it. So therefore they were open to giving it to me. So you let people know what you do. Yep. Very, very important 
You know, I I, I, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, <laughs> never heard of that. Sometimes before. they don't talk about what they do enough. It's like they want to keep it as a secret, and it's like sometimes if you just let everybody know what it is that you do, how you can solve problems. You never know who or what is going to be brought, you know, put just dropped in your lap. And in, in an opportunity where you just acquired a property for one dollar, it's amazing. One dollar. Yep. So, so the return on investment on there should be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's how we have all our properties free and clear. Buy them for a buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to be like, well, yeah, no wonder I, you have them free I, and clear. My attorney at the eviction, he was laughing about it. I said, you're literally 600 times more expensive an hour than this property was. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So since Todd's on the show, um, I, I want to make an announcement. And I'm sure some of y'all have seen me talk about it previously. But um, Todd and Jordan have been uh, nothing short of just amazing guys to get to know. Um, they... Uh, gave me the the ability and the opportunity to speak to the kingdom um, one night um, in the the closed forum that they have for their group, and uh, I jumped on. It was a Zoom call, you know, remote, and and Jordan and I just basically talked about titanium investments and and what we're trying to accomplish as a company. And uh, one of their members, John Brown, was on the call. And after the call, John reached out to me and he said, hey, man, I just I really felt like you were speaking to me, which if you if you don't know who John Brown is, he has one of the most epic beards of all time. And uh, I just told him it must have been because we're we're bearded brothers together and uh, we, we really hit it off. And recently, John has moved from Spokane, Washington, all the way to Akron, Ohio. And we are going to be opening up Titanium Investments of Ohio together. And uh, we look forward to to working with Todd and his company and, and helping him achieve those 50 properties this year and even growing his big his business further. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just amazing the, the network that you can have. Um, since this is the second time that Todd's been on the Titanium Vault uh, this morning as we were about to jump on the call together i saw that the last time we spoke on here uh which we use skype for the for the recording was nine months ago and so since nine months ago when i had never spoken to todd except for a couple of text messages um, we've gotten to know each other um, i'm speaking at the the kingdom connect event here in dallas um in february uh please if, if you don't know what that is check it out uh, go on facebook just search the kingdom connect dallas um, it's going to be an amazing event here, and just uh, I, it, it's an event. It's not a mastermind, uh, but it's a, an amazing opportunity for anybody in any sort of business to come be around like-minded people that their goal is to find freedom, and whether that's financial freedom, freedom from a job, whatever it is, um, there's people there that are going to speak and help you. Um, myself and Cassie the uh, Haas are going to be speaking at it, as well as several other people. Several people I've had on the podcast, Quentin Flores, um, and just a couple other people. Jordan and Todd will be there, as well as uh, Ed, Ed Pugh, and just a, a ton of great people. So, uh, Todd, I'm just so thankful that I'm a part of your network and that you have 
helped us grow as a company. Uh, look forward to, to opening up Titanium Investments of Ohio with John Brown, and, and that wouldn't have been possible without the network and the community that you've created with the kingdom. So thank you for, for helping us grow as a company. Oh, the honor is all mine. I appreciate that. Truly humbling. And I am radically open to buying all 50 properties off of you this year. <laughs> radically <laughs> we'll, open to that. <laughs> we'll see what, what uh, John can do. Uh, and, and hopefully, I don't know if we can get you properties for a dollar. Because um, I, well, I, I don't mean, really if you know. Need to mark it up, you can mark it up 100% if you want. <laughs> I'll, yeah. pay you, I'll pay you too. Yeah, we, we might have a, a little bit higher of a wholesale fee. Uh, we have a little bit higher standards, but, uh, but uh, man, uh, you know, just thankful to, to get to know you. And, uh, you know, it, for everybody that hasn't checked it out, um, go on Amazon um, and search. If you can't cash flow after this, I've got nothing for you. Um, really. Uh, you know, I was such a huge advocate for for the first book, you know, if you can't wholesale. And uh, I I did not think that it could get any better. But the second one blew my mind. Um, I, I read it all in, in one night and a couple of hours just sitting down on my couch. Uh, I was I, I, I thought I was too tired to even read. And I ended up just getting hooked and I read the whole thing that night and uh, just so thankful to have you in my network and, and just the things that you, you know, give back to the real estate investing community. Um, you're really, truly one of the, the, the great guys in this industry. So thank you for all you do. And thank you for coming on the titanium vault for a second time. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I will come back anytime. I appreciate the love, my man. I bet you'll come back in about a year. You think a year? <laughs> we got nine months to a year till the nine, next one comes out, right? Nine yeah. months to a year. And, uh, <laughs> And it, just as a teaser, go ahead and let everybody know uh, what's that one going to be about. So that one is looking like it's going to be about the larger projects that we were just talking about, uh, the apartment buildings, the the real, real high-end scale of what's possible through commercial uh, apartment buildings, uh, business scaling, the whole nine yards. And if you're super creative and something just popped in your head, you could probably send Todd a Facebook message where if you can come up with one word that properly describes that and it fits with, if you can't blank, I've got nothing for you, send that to Todd and he might even send you a signed copy of that book when it comes out. Yeah, we may or may not be trying to figure out a name for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't. Do really big projects. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, <laughs> figure just, something out. <laughs> yeah, the first two are really easy to name. The uh, and, and again, like kind of like we, what we mentioned before uh, signing on here was if it was a fix and flip book, boy, that'd be easy to name too. Right, but this right. one, this is supposed to be the one that when you finish out the series and you read through it and you put in the action, you realize that in ten years. 10 years down the road and you look back on reading that book, you go, that was hugely influential in getting to me, getting me to where I am right now, which is wherever it is that you dream of being, because no matter where you're at right now, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you start. It only matters where you're going and where you go is what you is because of the actions that you put in day to day. So in realizing that um, you realize that your potential is, really endless which is really exciting there you go well that ladies and gentlemen that's our episode today 
Um, I do not do a good enough job of this. And so during my recent hiatus, I have decided I am going to force myself to be better. But I would love for everyone who listened today, please to leave a review for the Titanium Vault. Um, for those of you that don't know, that's how we get this show in front of more people. Uh, Got to play that algorithm game. So if you could please help me out, drop a five-star review so we can get the word out about the Titanium Vault and about guests like Todd Fleming and their amazing books and things along those lines. Uh, can't wait to bring more content to you for the for 2019. Uh, looking forward to having some great guests on here. But uh, had to bring on the, the top guest of all time again, Mr. Todd Fleming. Todd, buddy, thank you for being on here, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my man. It means the world. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.